Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Good evening, dear listener. The Late Night Alternative. I'm Ian Lee. Who are you? My name's Catherine Boyle. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks. Nice, nice, Catherine, it's <laughs> nice to see you. 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. Uh, we've been saying this for ages, um, but he's here. Robbie Vincent's here. Hello, Robbie. Uh, good morning. Oh, no, it's good evening, isn't it? Good evening. And we've got to say as well, your boy is here, Oliver. Nice to see you, Oliver. Hello. <laughs> Oliver doesn't want to be on the show, guys, but he's in the studio. He's, he's part a- of the-, the strange thing is, he's actually my daughter. Okay. He, he masquerades as my son. Well, he masquerades <laughs> very, very well. No, he is now, my son. Robbie, we, I, we tried to get you ages ago. Yeah. And then what then? He then was you- on his travels, he told me. Oh, man. Yeah, I want, but, but there were other reasons. That was a... a, a Near here, it was a pretty dramatic, wasn't it? A traumatic time, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with London Bridge and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I was on the edge of travelling as well. Uh, and I thought that I'd go and travel and then I hoped that you'd invite me back. And we didn't, so you sent us an email. That's right. Saying, please, come on, guys. I, this be- I begged booking. you. Where- I begged you. I said, <laughs> I, I must get at least one night out. <laughs> where, where did you go travelling? Um, where? Uh, India. Uh, or uh, India... Uh, Germany. One of the things I have done, uh, I've doing the job that we do. Yeah, uh, it gets in the way of travelling, and I, I just love travelling. Yeah. Um, so I went back to India. And where else have I been? Cologne. Uh, I went there, and uh, somewhere else which I can't. How remember. did you find India? Because I I spent years in it. On a map, years. actually. Well, thank you very much. Turn left at Greenland. No, 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 get on a plane who knows where he's going. <laughs> I struggled with India. I went and I enjoyed I went there my, on my honeymoon. I enjoyed it, but I felt, I, I don't know, I, I felt I'd, I'd done it, I don't need to go back. I understand that completely. Yeah. Uh, but I did go the soft way yeah. uh, and uh, the posh way with a small P. Um, but I also got to see the bits that put people off yeah. uh, big time. Uh, and me being there, spending my money there, you know, the guy who was selling this and selling that might be a bit richer uh, tomorrow because yeah. I bought something off him. Mate, and that's the way I try. Oh, no, exactly. I, I, I mean, I, I look at it now. They've got more money than us. Isn't it? They're doing um, space missions. I mean, you can't afford an ice cream there no, anymore. <laughs> I, I did 20 years ago. I spent three months in Pakistan. Man alive, that was... Uh, Interesting. That was an eye-opener. That was something. I was... I was. This is sounds like a joke. I was the body double for Christopher Lee in a movie that filmed in Pakistan. Imagine. And he told me off. He, it, we, there was only one set of clothes. And I had to keep going up to him. Christopher, can I have your clothes now? I'm going to be you. And I'm never forgetting Karachi... Over 100 degrees in the sun on a bus, and it's just me and him, and he stood there in his underpants, just laying into me. This is outrageous. You're coming to get these clothes. This is not what you... And I just have to go, I'm very sorry, Christopher. And uh, just You don't look anything like Christopher Lee. I wa- well, I was, I was tall and slim at the time. I'm still tall. I'm not slim now. I was talking about travelling, and, and you, you, that you 
reminded me. Who's the guy who plays Poldark? Uh, oh, Aiden. Aiden Quinn. Flynn. Flynn. Jim. It, it ridiculously good-looking man. Yeah. Um, I moved into an apartment by the sea. And there's a guy cooking. I thought, I'm not having this. Yeah. A, a barbecue. And I sort of got, went to this place hoping to be totally alone. There's a guy having a barbecue. There's a smell of the barbecue coming. Oh. So I went out <clears throat> and I said, oh, hi, I've moved in. I'm pleased to have a barbecue. When are you going to put it out? That sort of chat, you know. <laughs> and I went back in. I said to my wife, he's putting it out soon. And I said, you know who he is, don't you? He's a man who plays Bulldog. Oh. She said, oh, you're winding. I said, he is. It's the man who plays Bulldog. Aidan Turner. Aidan Turner, like I said, yeah. So off she toddles and looks out. And within five minutes, she's got her high heels on, oh. a fantastic dress. And I said, so it wasn't wow. Aidan Turner then. <laughs> and it was. It was Aidan <coughs> Turner. And a little while later, this guy walks by. Yeah. I'm sitting looking out. And, he, and you were talking about the clothes dressed up as Bulldog. Yeah. So I went out and I said, oh, it's the barbecue man. Dressed up as Poldark. Why was he dressed up as Poldark? Well, because they were filming there. Right, okay. Bay, you know. He wasn't... And he was in a... a and we were watching the drones, yeah. which have all got a bad name. Yes. I mean, don't call yourself drone, whatever you do. No. But the, watching the drone go out, you know, and uh, shooting all the film was quite amazing. Yeah. But, but, but it wasn't as good as your Christopher Lee story. Thank you You look nothing much. like Christopher Lee. Uh, but... So you were like a clothes peg. Well, I was like a... But they, they would... Sh- that, they, I, had, I was tall and slim... So I was the same height as, as Chris, Chris, big Chris, oh. as we called him, and they gave me a, a mask, a Christopher Lee mask to wear. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know about oh, the I mask. Had, I, had a I just thought you were far away. I was far away and out of focus. Quite often, you'd see two Christopher Lees. You'd see him when he was alive, and then it, him was, was supposed to be dead. And I was the guy in the background that was out of focus. So, did you have like a rubber mask, like Bo Selector? Yes, I had a rubber mask. Yeah, yeah, for Christopher Lee. Anyway, let's buy the buy. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give us a call, Robbie Vincent is here. Robbie Vincent, radio host, television host, um, and we were saying, and I'm just going to blow a little bit of smoke up your old Jaxie, if you don't mind. If you don't mind, blow a bit of smoke up the jacksie. The phrase is not not an expression I recognise from the streets of Leeds. I must <laughs> it's going to flatter you. With with great with great apologies to those of you who live in Scotland. Yes. I don't know what <clears throat> blowing a bit of smoke up your jacksie means, but <laughs> I'm going to say something nice about oh, you. That's what that's it is. Sweet. You were one of the first, if not the first, late night radio phone-in host in this country. The first one? To yeah. do a, a full straight... Yeah, I was a fairly rare animal, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was because there was no television. This is how it all started. Yeah. Uh, when television stopped, it shut down at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I just thought uh, that I was employed by the BBC at the time as a uh, radio journalist, and I just thought it would be a good idea to have a programme and an opportunity for local BBC radio to have someone listening to it. Yeah. Um, and I said it would be a good idea, wouldn't it, to do a programme, and I ended up doing a phone-in show. Uh, and that's really yeah. was the birth of mass listen-to phone-in well, radio because people had nothing else to do. You're responsible for LBC, so thanks a lot for that. You, you basically <laughs> created that beast. That's a direct result. Was it as simple as that? Because we, we'll talk about the music. We're going to do this all out of order, if you don't mind. We'll talk about the music in a bit. But was it as simple as that? You just thought, oh, maybe maybe people phoning in for yeah. three or four hours. Well, would... I was uh, yeah, I was aware of uh, phone-in radio in America. Right. 
uh, and like you had an interest in radio per se. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was very strange that such a successful animal in America didn't live in the UK. Yeah. And I thought that the closing down of television was a perfect time to try it out. And to to uh, give the BBC total credit, they let me learn broadcasting live on air. Wow. Because um, I had very little uh, broadcasting experience. But the phoning thing is, in, in a way, run by the dear listener. How yeah. are you, dear listener? Good morning. Uh, is run by the listener. Um, admittedly, if you get an idiot at the other end, it completely destroy it. But I think most people can be a good listener. Yeah. And I was an okay listener. Yeah. Uh, an okay listener. And I understood being in London, what they were talking about. And I'd been there and been brought up in a similar way. And... Did you get the, do, you, do you remember the first show? Did you get phone calls first show or did you have to spend a little time coaxing them and uh, um... training them? Um, I, I, the things I can remember and were, I think it was called the GPO at the time. GPO yeah. at the time ran the phone system, and yeah. we just blew the local exchange up, literally. Brilliant. And uh, of course, they came along saying, "No, this isn't possible. You can't have twenty-five people on the same line." We had fifty people. No, 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 no. We're the GPO, <laughs> and that's what it was like in those days. Complete nonsense. Yeah. We had. We had the people listening to the program and we had the people on the overloaded phone lines yeah. talking to each other completely yeah. separate from the program. That's how popular it was. Wow. People loved it. Oh, so when they were off air, oh, they yes. were talking to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was I think it was the Robbie Vincent <clears throat> telephone show club that none of us heard. It was probably a dance site more interesting than what with, I was doing with, and, with one-to-one with the And here's the, the thing, listener. with all the advances in technology, we've tried and we can't do it on this, this stupid system we got. That's too... They, they, they've made this system so good that you can't... We've tried to have people offline but speaking they chat to, to each, each other. other on Twitter now, don't they? They do, I suppose. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, 0344 499 1000. Call in as if it were a normal show. Call in if you want yeah, to speak to Robbie specifically. Don't um, be shy. Uh, uh, Robbie, say hello to Alan. We've got Alan Caddick. Alan, how are you, sir? I remember the old jingle. Wobby Vincent attacking your rhythm buds. Tickling your rhythm buds. Wow. <laughs> Is that and, one of your old and, jingles? Uh, yeah, something like that. And also shaking your bass spins. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Back to the old radio on day. And mashing up your yard. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I do, Wobby. <laughs> hey. Gosh, that brings back. How are you? Oh, not bad, Robbie. I've got a killer question for you. What's that? During your days of Radio 1, what was the most unusual thing to ever happen to you live on air? Well, uh, you you were at Radio 1 for a while. A short ten years. while. Was it ten, you ever 10 years at Radio j- 1? J- somebody interviewed me about oh. this. This is the truth. This is tr- somebody interviewed me last week or the week before about my time at Radio 1. Yeah. He was spooky. He knew more about me than I knew about myself. There you go. I was on Radio 1 for 10 years, uh, one slab of 10 years and one of two or three, and I did the last, my last Radio 1 show was on the last day of the 80s. What about that? There you go. Yeah. What did you ask me a question before we were interrupted, dear listener? Oh, yes, the most unusual thing that had happened? (laughs) Yeah. The most unusual thing that happened to me on Radio 1, nothing. 
Nothing unusual. What do you uh, mean unusual? Like someone, like a guest dying or, or something like, what do you mean? Like an unexpected exclusive. And, well, an unexpected exclusive. That's a t- I don't um, know about you, Robbie. It all blends into one. Yes, it does. I, well, I mean, I was looking forward to the... No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Because he's, he's the sort of person that might uh, send a lawyer's letter to me. Uh-oh. Uh, so wow. I, I won't read the most. Uh, get, ask me another question. Ask me something deeply personal. Have you ever considered doing a radio one road show? Have I ever considered doing? Well, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. If I had the choice of going to jail or doing a radio one road show, all right. Guess yeah. which one I would choose. Jail. Yeah. You're right. I couldn't do a Radio 1 roadshow. I mean, all those people, and I said in this interview, you know, that I was there during the time when they all thought they were rock stars, and they were. I mean, these people would, in a way, have more people wanting their autograph than some of the top rock stars of the day. And a lot of them had no musical taste whatsoever, knew nothing about music, but it was a different time. Uh, Radio 1 wanted rock stars and they got them with massive egos. But I was lucky uh, because I was there with great broadcasters like Roger Scott, who, in my opinion, oh. is the greatest all-time DJ almost ever. Friends with his, I was friends with, with his son, um, who, who passed away, it turns out, a few years ago. His, Did son, he? his son passed away. Oh, I used to do Kung Fu with his son and I Did would you? go around to his house when I was like 14, 15 years old. 13, 14, and Roger was there. I didn't have a clue who he was. I didn't think anything of these Beach Boys albums on the wall signed by Dennis and Brian. and I didn't (laughs) think any of that. I just went around to play video games. And then a few years later, when Roger died, it's like, oh, God, I was in his house. The legend, you know, one of the greatest broadcasters. But but, but, but I was there. You see, he was a non-ego, as was Alan Freeman. Yeah. Thoroughly nice man. So I was very lucky, dear listener, that I was there when by the time I got to do my show, all those big egos had been blown down the loo uh, and had gone away. So it was a more pleasant time for me uh, than it was for perhaps uh, some others who were serious about their music. Alan, I hope that answers at least one of your questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Alan. Bye-bye. Thank you uh, very much for calling. Speaking of egos, James James Well finishes at 10, but he, and you were telling me, that you haven't worked with him before. No. But he was saying, when I came in, I said, we've got Robbie Vincent coming in. He said, oh. And he was saying that when he was the DJ at Top Shop, were you a DJ? Were you a DJ in a shop? No, that's. I, I thought this was some guy who'd wandered in off the street accusing me of doing terrible things. And of course, it was the very handsome James Whale. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I wasn't. He, he, he seemed. I wasn't a DJ no. till after yeah. I'd spent. A lot of years on the evening standard. Yeah. So no, I never, I, I never DJed in a shop. Okay. Well, listen, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll Will talk you? about. The... Will we be back, or is this, is this? This is it. We're done. Thanks for coming in. That was. Oh, uh... <laughs> we'll be back. I want to know. I want to know more. Oh three. Oh oh. And we've got George in Hampstead coming up to talk to you. Oh, George. What's the phone? Give me the phone number. I'd love to do the phone number for you. Right, right. This is something I used to have to remember, and. Uh, um, hang on a minute, he's writing it down for me. Uh, now, dear listener, get involved, don't be shy. 0344 499 1000. And if you don't call, you're in big trouble. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on air and off the leash on Talk Radio. 
<laughs> That's a story we don't want to hear. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Gosh, that timing with the red light and the microphones going live was, was, was perfect, Sam. Thank you. Uh, Can I just say in reaction to that that we're not going to discuss any further? We've heard that before. Robbie Vincent is uh, here in the studio with us. Um, you know, the innovator in terms of, of phone-in radio. Um, uh, now, a great, a big soul head soul dj you you kind of um well tell me how you, you got started with soul music um again I, I i often get asked this and i think i had a um I, the thing about music is that everybody has their own favorites and everybody still it doesn't matter uh what year what 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 uh decade in recent times that is uh if you go around somebody's house they want to play you something they love yeah whether it be a classical piece a reggae tune and they ever all of us we've yeah. all got favorite tunes which we would love somebody else to hear because we love them mm. and me i thought oh it would be lovely wouldn't it to be able to share my guess as to what people might like as a big room. Mm. So a big room in my house, and they give me a radio transmitter. Uh, And that's what attracted me to playing music. Plus, I admired what was going on on pirate radio. Mm. Uh, I grew up in that time. And also, I used to listen to... Um, in the old days, the Americans were based in uh, Germany, and one of the few outlets of popular music was Radio Fadenberg, which was really a pain because it kept disappearing in and out and you couldn't hear it. And it was better than that. It was yeah. the American service broadcast uh, had a station in Berlin. Okay. Uh, I think it was Berlin. Anyway, you could hear it in the UK. And, of course... What year is this we're we talking about? Oh, 1852. OK, all right, so uh, a while ago. But, but, but in the 60s, yeah. I suppose it must have been, uh, or, or before. And, of course, they'd be playing all this stuff. He says, it's great. You know, it, uh, uh, like everything from the blues to soulful stuff. And I think that's where I heard it. And then, of course, you get the Steely Dans and you get the bridges into soul. And uh, uh, I, I had... a friend who was a huge soul so all, all, all of this i think it's a mixture of all that and uh again uh, bbc london which nobody listened to whatsoever mm. uh allowed me to learn how to be a dj uh, on air on air That's and, and, and this is this is true and i started off uh, by playing uh, the Rod Stewart's and the Slade and all the very popular things yeah. and used to nick roscoe's hits as well he used to get all these great the exclusives on Radio 1, I had a right-hand man who would record them and as soon as he'd finished playing it, I'd have it on air. And so I had all these great exclusives. Anyway, and, it, and, and I gradually introduced uh, some jazz and some soul in the last hour and then the programme, because nobody noticed, became all soul yeah. and jazz. And uh, and I actually, this is true as well, I didn't realise how popular it was till I stopped doing it. Right. And people said, oh, you know, we used to go straight down. The record shops did. They, they'd have a stampede of people going in with something I played, saying, yeah. have you got it? Uh, those that were uh, interested in that uh, type of music. But it's a, it, I, I can never answer that question. Yeah. I, I, never, I mean, what, what, why did you become a broadcaster? No, exactly. It's, as, as it came out, it's like it, it was a dumb question. I, I can kind of tell you why. I, was, I wanted to be an actor. And I couldn't get any acting work, so I did some stand-up, and then I got a job as a presenter on a TV show, and suddenly I'm a presenter for the last yeah. 20 years. That's, that's how. And, and I was lucky enough that about 15 years ago, the TV work dried up. But back in those days, 
radio stations were being very, very lazy, and they were getting presenters who'd just been on the TV, thinking, well, if they were on TV, then they can do radio, because radio's easier than TV, mm. which, of course, it isn't. It's a, different, no. it's a different thing altogether. And I was allowed to... I learned on LBC, actually, pretty Did much. You? I learned on LBC under David Lloyd... Um, I learnt my my trade on a Saturday, Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday night, you know, for just just going on and getting it wrong. And David would take me in and go, "Well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that?" And eventually, it kind of clicked. Best best job in the world, as you know, doing mm. radio. I, I used to, I used to, I must say, I used to enjoy this time of night. Yeah, um, I wasn't, and and LBC stories. I mean, uh, things were desperately tight because uh, it was very competitive. We used to share newspapers. Yeah, yeah. On, on on a station that lived on news yeah, yeah. and current affairs. Tell me about it. Uh, and and <laughs> we had to share. And very often, someone would have cut a story out. And uh, uh, Robbie, it still happens. This is my bugbear. You come in and you go through the papers, and there's a squid. Well, I mean, who I, does that? I'm, I'm being here. I'm in. Uh, to me, this is like a shag pile carpet. Uh, <laughs> It really, honestly, in comparison to some of the places you I've been, you want to see it after Raymond's luxurious show. shag pile <laughs> carpet. I mean, yeah, the I lights are down. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's been going on on the carpet, <laughs> but I mean, shag pile. Uh, yeah, but seriously, <laughs> uh, dear listener, it's after ten o'clock. Yeah, we're allowed to talk about shag pile carpets. But then, so, so, okay, how did you get into, into radio? Because you, you say you started out as a, a, a proper journalist. Well, I left the, um, I was in a, uh, and I didn't drink alcohol, and I was in a pub one night uh, where lots of the Evening Standard writers and reporters would gather in the pub. And I worked in the old Fleet Street, remember? Right. My first job was a T-boy of the people. And um, I got this job on the Evening Standard. Uh, goodness knows how, but we all need a bit of luck. And I was in the pub one night, and I was looking at the people around me, and I thought, I don't want to get old. I don't want to drink my one day start drinking and get mm. old like this lot. Um, and I'd always had an interest in radio, and I'd been out to Radio Nord Sea, which hung around in the uh, rough North Sea for a while after the pirate ships were shut down. And I thought I'd like to get into radio. And I saw an advert for uh, people wanted at BBC London. Mm. And, of course, being a London station, they wanted London people. Well, I was an Evening Standard reporter, so I knew my way around more or less. Or having been, you know, like covered the troubles in Belfast and done the Keeler trial and the Cray trial. So I knew my way around a little bit. Uh, And I got a job. And I thought, good gracious me. People, person like me who doesn't speak proper English, mm. and that's the reason I got the job. I think because I didn't speak proper English. A big thing back in those days. Oh yes, with the received pronunciation oh. being the, the the thing. To have someone with who spoke like a Londoner no. was a big deal. No, no, uh, or, or had an accent. Yeah. I mean, the the great thing about broadcasting now. I, I mean, it's great that you hear. A Scottish accent, someone from Yorkshire, someone from Devon. Uh, I love that. I, I, I used to be appalled. I was told by a Radio 1 controller or deputy controller uh, to go away and learn how to speak properly Ooh. before I got a job on Radio 1. Wow. And he'll know who he is. Uh, I won't name him Johnny Bearley, but I did go away. And uh, I thought, well... And I didn't really quite understand that. Yeah. I, I didn't see why... 
you had to fit in to what all those other bozos sounded no. like. And they had, um, there was at least one regional accent on there, the Scottish guy who died, Stuart Henry. Okay, yeah. Uh, who, but he was very rare, uh, very, very rare in those days. The token accent. Uh, yeah, well, most yeah, most of them had that, uh, yeah. oh, this is what you need to sound like. Oh, yeah. It's a bit Barry White. Should we take, <laughs> do you want to take a couple of calls? We've got um, Philip in South Norwood. Philip, you're through to Robbie. Oh, good evening, Ian, and good evening, Robbie. How are Robbie, you, Philip? Uh, very well indeed, and we've spoken many, many times over the years. Have we? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm you owe him money, Robbie. Come on, pay up. <laughs> I'm going to remind you, Robbie, of two programmes that stayed with me forever. They were the transatlantic hookups you did. With we were WMCA yeah. yep. and KCBS. Yep, in uh, San Francisco. Yes. Tell, hang on a minute, Felix. We were talking about this before we came on air. Tell us again about how you, you got <clears> that, <throat> that hook-up with an American station. Again, a big deal at the time. Yeah. Uh, Philip, can I, can I take time out and just explain how that happened? Is yes. that OK with you? You go ahead. That's my phone. OK, <laughs> try and stay awake. Yeah, because you might be the last caller for the rest of the night. Stay away. Um, I discovered that the BBC had a permanent line uh, between London and New York, and this was a news line and was only used when there was a big American news story. And I did a deal with them that I borrowed that line. Uh, the agreement was that if a big news story broke, we would just stop broadcasting that particular uh, link-up. It never happened, and I got I got in touch with WMCA. Peter yep. Strauss ran the station, yep. loved the idea, was very kind and very friendly to me, and that's how we did it. And you liked that, did you, Philip? Oh, yes, I, re I remember the, the, the Peter Strauss, and the one I remember for a personal reason, the KCBS one, one of the topics you had... And it's still being talked about today. Was Doctor Who, oh. because Doctor Who was very popular in America. It was, and the discussion was who was going to be the next Doctor Who. Nothing changes, does Nothing it? Doesn't. Nothing You're changes. Right. You're right. And I suggested, I thought something outrageous. Let's have an American woman. Mm. Oh. And I was reading today that Whoopi Goldberg wanted to do it, but I suggested that it might have a go for B. Arthur. From the Golden Girls, <laughs> and 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 the reaction from from several of the callers was favourable. Oh yes, we'd love that. You you I should be you should be running. What a brilliant idea! Yeah, you should be running Doctor Who. So that would be a great casting, Philip. I'm going to have to give uh, you that. Uh, uh, and, very good. And just finally, Robbie, I know you're going to have a lot of calls. I will never ever forget my mother when I came in from work. I worked on the buses. I would come in about two o'clock. And she said to me, oh, she said, I've just been listening to Robbie, she said. And she, she, she loved your show, Robbie. She's long, I'm afraid she's long gone. But she loved your show, and it was a regular highlight of her day. Oh, how nice. Thank you. No, it's lovely. Very, uh, thank it's you. nice to talk to you. Thank you for oh. the uh, uh, American link-ups, and uh, thank you very much for the story the about Doctor. Robbie and you, Ian. Thank okay. you, Philip. Take care, mate. Philip's been phoning. Well, he's been phoning me for years and years. Obviously, phoning you years and years ago. Philip, he obviously misses me. Yeah, he does. I'll give him. I'll give him your number. Um, <laughs> speaking of giving people numbers, Rainbow George, George from Hampstead. You're through to Robbie Vincent. Hello there, Robbie. I'm not in Hampstead. I'm in Highgate okay, nowadays. Sorry. Oh, I thought. Uh, yes, you've obviously moved up market since we last spoke. I don't <laughs> I, blame you getting out of Hampstead and then very posh Highgate. Uh, for the benefit of the other dear listener, George, we should understand uh, that you and I go back a long way, 
And uh, we've had more conversations probably than pints of beer I've ever drunk. Do you think that's possible? No, I, I don't think we had that many. But uh, <laughs> it, Still as contrary as ever. <laughs> I, I, I remember the first one was early in 1985 and I'd recently entered the political arena with a party called Captain Rainbow's Universal Party and we had a very nice conversation. I think I lost you at the end of it. but uh, Yeah, it couldn't have been me cutting you off, of course. No, no, it was quite a... Listen, mate, I'll tell you what, we need you back. We really need you back now with this Brexit nonsense. You, (laughs) there are two people who could sort it. You're one of them, uh, and the other's Lord Such. Ah, yes. Monster Raving Looney Party, and that man, I always remember one of his greatest ideas was to use the Butter Mountain as ski slopes. <laughs> and I, and well, it, we, we formed an alliance together. We, you we did, be, yes, you did. We, we became the Rainbow Alliance. But, a, but, but great thinker. A great, I mean, hugely undermined. And he would be good, wouldn't he, at Brexit time? No, absolutely. Mm. And, and, and uh, some of the things he campaigned for actually came into law, like passports for pets and things like that and, yeah. and oh. uh, hugely and under uh, hugely underrated uh, I, I i i will never i'll never forget you george and i'll never forget lord such as their contribution to british politics and if only you were both younger i'd send you over to see that merkel and i'd send you into paris and they would be so confused <laughs> we <laughs> would end up with the greatest possible deal the world has ever seen. In in, in our first call, Robbie, I I was talking about Britain and Ireland joining together and becoming the Emerald Rainbow Islands, I said at the time. And now, sort of uh, 34 years later or whatever, I'm still saying the same thing. I I still think that that is what is going to emerge out of all of this, that uh, we'll have our Brexit and then there'll be a, an I-Rexit and Ireland will leave and we, we'll join together and, and lead the way to uh, a new European Union that will yeah. be, be wonderful. We'll have, a bridge to, uh, we'll have a bridge to Berlin, we'll have a bridge to Paris, and we just hop on there and get on the Boris bus and a Boris bike and get over there. I tell you what, George, you are a man of a certain age, and this is a very serious question. 78 and a third. I, well, have you had a cheque from Boris Johnson yet? No. Uh, ah, because that huge amount of money on the side of his bus, I thought everybody over 75 would be getting a cheque uh, just to prove that what he was saying was absolutely true. Lovely to talk to you, George. Thank, Thank you, you, George. Touch Thank you, mind, you George. very, very much. 0344 499 let us Let's try Noel Taylor. Good evening, Noel. Hello, Ian, Kath and Robbie. Hello, Noel. What have we got for us um, tonight? Can I talk about anything? Can he talk about anything? I guess so, sure. Mm, yeah, of course you can talk about anything. Thanks, Robbie. There's nothing to do with me. I'm just a humble guest. <laughs> I've just invented putting mirrors on the light side of the moon in order to create a paradise Earth. Thus, there will be no night. Well, there will be night only at certain times of the year. Yes. I've got somebody I'd like you to meet. He invented an idea to do away with bus stop queues. 
and he was one of the greatest undiscovered geniuses of all time and you remind me of him and I just wish he would pick up the phone now and, something. and we could put you together that's that's fascinating yeah why do Thank you want you. no why do you want no nighttime nighttime's the best time yeah um well uh that's got you well <laughs> well, the th- thing is, creatures will be able to uh, will be able to get get used to <laughs> daylight all of the time. Yes. yes. Well, even badgers. Yeah. You badgers. Yeah, everything. But night times <laughs> it's fun when it's dark. It's nice. It's sexy. It's exciting. It's naughty. It's it's what life <laughs> is about. It's the best time, isn't it? But you, you talk about badgers. I mean, imagine doing that. All right, and, you, and, and you're at home all cosy, and you've got this protesting badgers outside your house, like a, about four or five hundred badgers yeah, carrying big. banners saying, "Why is this man done away with nighttime yeah. when we come out and play?" I mean, mm. think yeah. of the nighttime. There are a lot of nighttime people. Foxes prefer to come out at night. Vampires. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Oliver. Uh, and think of all the other people around at night. Uh, night bus drivers. Night Watchman. Uh, hmm? Night Watchman. Night Watchman. What are they going to do? Oh, I'd like the Night Watcher and the Brazier to come back. There is nothing Don't like a... Don't see a Brazier anymore. Oh, there's nothing like a black and white movie and you see those old guys. I lived in a little village and we had one. And I, we used to torment him and I've always felt terrible about it. Yeah. You know, they weren't there to be tormented. Well, as a kid, you'd go and bully the Night Watchman. No, not bully them, but, you know... Tease them. Tease them, tease them. Tease them. I mean, right. we didn't do naughty things when no. I was young. No, just, no, no, no. Just tease. Bring back the brazier. Thank you. No, uh, we'll do away with all that nonsense about Mars, or was it the moon? It was the moon. And we're going to bring back braziers instead. There Not braziers, braziers. Braziers. <laughs> Thank you very much, Noel. Let's take another call. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll talk. Um, uh, good evening, Lawrence. Greetings. Oh, greetings, Ooh. Lawrence. This is, this is upmarket guest, upmarket caller that we've got. Lawrence, you're, you're through to us and to Robbie. Is there anything? What would you like to say? The grace and the mighty Robbie Vincent. Uh, honour talking to you, sir. Uh, are you a heavy breather or a caller? Um, well, uh, I'd rather yeah. not talk about that, actually. Okay. Uh, it's one of those <clears throat> things I do. I mean, you know, times are hard. Hey, it's Robbie, and it's lovely to speak to you. As long as it's only times that are hard, mate. Let's come on, focus. Yeah, times are hard, yeah. What can, what can I, uh, what what did you want to mention? I just wanted to say that um, to to Ian that he has in his studio one of the best funk DJs anywhere. Oh, I agree with that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Oliver, 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 I didn't know you were a funk I'm DJ. Just his son. Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> back in his um, jazz FM days, and um, thank you. That's... I first discovered him on LBC all those years ago. But he was, you know. Um, a proper talk radio station. Very good. Thank you. It's very flattering and very kind. Are you a funk fan, Lawrence? Because I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about funk. I'm not I'm not a huge funk fan. The bits I've heard, I like. Look at you, are you raising your eyebrows. No. No, not at all. Uh, but I, I don't know a lot about... Are you, a, are you a funk fan, Lawrence? I like funk. I like jazz, you know. Give, um, me, give me some funk songs and artists. Let's get deep. Let's hear some, let's hear some deep cuts. Oh, Frankie, now you're asking. Um... Oh, George Benson. There you go. George Benson. You know George yeah. Benson. I know. I know George Benson. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a man rooted in jazz, in yep. straight-ahead jazz. Interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. John Schofield. Um, yeah. Jazz guitarist. Okay. Yep. Does right. a lot of funk as well. Does he know his stuff? Is Lawrence passing the <clears throat> test? Um, John Schofield doesn't quite fit in. He fits into the jazz bit definitely. Yeah. Um, what Ronnie about um, George Clinton? 
It's vocal, isn't it, George Clinton? Well, no, 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 no. He's a serious musician, not a jazz musician. He no. did one of my all-time favourite tracks because uh, he could be completely mad. No. And I interviewed him when he was sane. He was absolutely okay. on the money. Atomic Dog. Dogs oh. of the world unite. Do you remember? Do you know that? Atomic, Atomic dog. No, you don't know that. I'm afraid not. He no. wrote that. I'll tell you how why he wrote that. I, I I'm a real student of what helps people write a song, yes. and he was uh, in. If you can picture it, he he was on the veranda of his house. It was hot, and uh, his dog was out, and it was really hot, and he had a cat. <clears throat> And the dog was so knackered, it wouldn't chase the cat. It was that hot. And he observed this in his rocking chair. And if you listen to Atomic Dog, there's a line in it which says something like, why doesn't the dog chase the cat? And that was part of Atomic Dog. And that was how he saw and wrote that particular... Well, th- people don't call it a song, but I think it was here, a Here it is. This is it. Oh, wonderful. Atomic doll. That's sort of funk, isn't it? It's really slow. Sorry, Lawrence? That's a sort of 80s sound of funk, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yes, I agree with you. It is very, very dated. He was a wonderful character. Uh, he still is a wonderful character. Uh, and it's just... And, and uh, just thinking about that, I mentioned before uh, we came on air, I was talking to... Ian, as I do, and I was mentioning knowing about why and where songs came from. Mm. And do you know, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that was written by Gamble and Huff, those that ran Philadelphia International and were massively important because they took Motown a stage on. Uh, and uh, um, fantastic artists, fantastic producers. They used to go for coffee uh, downstairs uh, from their office. Uh, They used to go there almost every morning, sit and have coffee, and they noticed, and it was observation again, it was observation like George Clinton noticed his dog wouldn't chase the cat because it was really hot. They used to notice, and his words, this is not being uh, chauvinist, but a pretty woman used to come in, pretty young woman their words and sit down and not long after this well-dressed city gentleman used to turn up and sit opposite her and they saw these two on a regular basis and thought well they were probably getting it together but they couldn't actually be sure and if you listen to uh the song me and mrs jones there's something going on that's where that song came from wow. uh, and the other one uh, that uh, kenny gamble told me about was they were in jamaica and they went there and they used to go there on a fairly regular basis to write songs and when you write songs or you write books you need to be out of your comfort zone you need to be somewhere where you're not going to get a phone call. Well, Jamaica's a good place to go in the 70s. You wouldn't get a phone call because the phones didn't work. Um, and also the power kept going off. Okay, and they were writing a song and the power went off yet again and they couldn't see anything. And that's where Turn Off the Lights for Teddy Pendergrass came from. Wow. That inspired them writing that song. Wow. There you go.
Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, uh, one more question for Robbie. If Go on. Yeah. What do you think of bands like... Um, Excuse me, um, Dramerica and so forth. I, I honestly think it's a bit of an insult to call them um, uh, funk because the rhythm is far too, um, you know, straight, four-four kind of square. Oh, this guy's got beef with Jamiroquai. What do you think? Are we allowed to call Jamiroquai I mean, funk? You know, you're I've, for a long time. I've never called Jamiroquai funk. I mean... Yeah. They call them funk for some reason. You know. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't mind if they call Jamiroquai. Uh, when I see him, I say, do you mind being called funk? And see what he says. Yeah. I mean, he is on the soulful side, uh, that beat, that rhythm, uh, but I'm not absolutely sure I'd call him a, a genuine funkster. What, wasn't he more like acid jazz? Um, is he acid jazz? Don't know. He's well, definitely more that way. He's definitely me. dance. Yeah, yeah, dance, we, dance music. But but people dance to Nat King Cole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I won't. Twenty rule years after the event, we're arguing over how you'd classify Jamiroquai. <laughs> uh, time for a quick break. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Excuse me. Oh, Dad. Just... Hello, I'm Martin Kellner. And I'm his daughter, Ruthie. We do a podcast. It's called Ruthie, Me and My Dad. In which I tell him how he's wrong about most things. And I explain to her who the Bee Gees were. It's on Acast and Apple Podcasts. And all your favourite podcast providers. It's a unique generation gap conversation between a baby boomer dad... And his Generation Z daughter. That's Ruthie, Me and My Dad. Brand new episodes every Thursday. Moonlit musings for mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 on Talk Radio. You can listen on DAB, you can download the app, or you can go to talkradio.co.uk. Uh, Catherine is here, Robbie Vincent is here, and I'm guessing Brody is listening via the website because Brody has um, tweeted. Managed to find you, Robbie, streaming live into Hot Springs, Arkansas. No. Yes. No. It's Arkansas. It's Arkansas. It's not Arkansas. Okay. Because Arkansas would have a W at the end. I mean, that sounds logical. Okay, whatever. A-R-K-A-N-S-A-S. How would you say that, Robbie? I'd say Arkansas. But But you're out of practice a little bit, with respect. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of Arkansas, but I've heard of Arkansas. Okay, yeah, well, it's, it's, you, you're learning stuff, both of you, which is good. Great to hear Robbie's voice again. I miss his Sunday morning show on Jazz FM. That's very nice. Hiya, Brody. I trust you well. I think, do you know what? Brody used to live in Canada. Really? Do you remember? remember because Brody? Brody's such an unusual name. Yeah. I think Brody lived in Canada. I think. Brody? Tweet us. Yeah, let, let us know. I, there he is. I, 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 I think he did. Let, let us know. Did you? Now, did I hear you correctly? Something you said about twenty minutes ago. Were you in court when the Crays were on trial? I covered the Cray 
trial, yeah. Wow. I, I was... Um, wow. You've got to remember, I was uh, uh, 19-ish, very young. Yeah. And I developed... Uh, one of my jobs as a little reporter was to sit outside Christine Keeler's flat waiting for her to be arrested. Uh, that's how I got to know Christine Keeler in inverted com- yeah. commas. Um, j- just some of the things that did. And I used to sit on a dustbin outside her flat in Devonshire Street, which is in Marylebone, outside a bookshop. And uh, I was at the sort of age and I smoked, so I coughed. And often, when you smoke, one of the things you pick up, bronchitis and, and all sorts of horrible bugs. And her maid felt sorry for me because I was only a kid. Uh, so she used to give me a sandwich and a cup of tea, invite me up in the morning. So she was under um, contract to the News of the World, and the News of the World knew what, exactly what she was doing, and she wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. But I knew exactly what she mm. was doing because she used to tell me. And um, then uh, when I went to the Evening Standard, the next thing which I remember clearly, I was we it was a team of us who did the background on the craze. And that meant going round. And I got to know, again, because I was fairly young, I think they took pity on me. I got to know an aunt and uncle quite well who told me a lot about them as kids in the East End and and playing outside when bombs were dropping. And uh, got to chat with his mum as well about my dear boys, uh, which I used to, even then as a kid, a young man, I chuckled about inside. Um, And going back to Christine Keeler, I told her that Profumo was dead. Uh, And it made me think about some of the terrible things that you did as a journalist. I take no pride in that whatsoever. Uh, and being a bit more mature, I think, how on earth did I climb up those stairs to her flat, knock on the door, until her perfume was dead? Wow. And I also told, uh, there was a guy, for those of you in the North, T. Dan Smith, who was the powers, you know, Mr. Powerful in the North in construction. I told him he was going to be arrested. He said, I'll come in and have a cup of tea. I mean, it just it was as if I was an old mate who dropped in. And the other interesting one, and again, I was thinking about this the other day, is I told uh, Ian Paisley that there was... The IRA were going to kill him. They, 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 they'd uh, threatened him with death. And I knocked on his door and told him that. Um, and in retrospect, again, and I just did it. Mm. Um, and when you asked about moving from print journalism into broadcast journalism, I think there was a bit of that in it as well. That I, there was something I was what, uh, regret, uh, shame. Uh, I was uncomfortable. uncomfortable it, uh, yeah. yeah, but be, and and it was even tougher when I worked for agencies and uh, was part of the team that broke news of the first heart transplant in the UK. And I was very proud to be part of that team and Mm. reading The Guardian about how they wondered how we found out about it, how we knew about it, because we actually had a photographer there when the guy that was going to have the heart transplant came into the National Heart Hospital. Again, uh, interestingly enough, in in, uh, uh, Maribone. But they're sort of things to be more proud of. Uh, But in those days, it was tough because no story in the paper, no wages. Mm. As simple as that. And you were sort of on, uh, you you had to make the agency survive. So it's so important for us to get the first uh, 
picture of the victim of a murder, so you for instance. And, and kind of put your conscience to one side. Yeah, she you did. Get food and on come the up table. with dirty tricks in phone boxes because we didn't have mobile phones yeah. and, and putting boxes out of order ish, sort of, or making them uncomfortable to be in. What do you mean? <clears throat> well, if there was only two phone boxes in the village right. and you wanted to ensure. Yours was the story that got on the news desk first. You would hope, wouldn't you, that one of the phone boxes was out of order. Often they would be. So when somebody said, where are the phones, you sent them to the phone that was out of order and you hopped into the one that was working. Isn't that incredible? I'm not suggesting I went round (laughs) damaging them. Um, Can we have you for another 20 minutes? Is that all right? <clears throat> or have you got well, to shoot let, off? Let me, no, let me ask myself, Oliver, can I stay up for another 20 minutes at least? What do you think? Of course. Yeah. You oh, sure? No well, yeah, you sure? He won't, he won't cook for me, but uh, it is dark, but he will take me home. Make sure I go. No, yeah, listen, look, I, I'm, so, yeah. I'm a dear listener. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, it's like being back on proper radio, talking to proper people. It's really lovely, and I'm happy to stay here for as long as I'm invited. How about that? Sounds like a deal. Lovely. Can I have the hat for the want the money? We don't take <laughs> checks, Oliver and I. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you're listening to us, I know we've got a load of new listeners tonight because you want to hear Robbie. It doesn't cost you a penny. You phone up, you speak to Sam. He takes your name and number and gives you a call straight back. It's yep. as simple as that, and then you get on the air. That's how we do it. Don't be shy. Do not be shy, for crying out loud. This is the Late Night Alternative. Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, and tonight we've got Robbie Vincent. This is Talk Radio. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh, no. Late night alternative, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle um, and Robbie Vincent is here and his, uh, his son Oliver, who's keeping very quiet. But then afterwards, when we go to the breaks, we're saying, oh, it's coming out with funny lines. We're saying, chuck them in, man. I should try and get more involved. <laughs> We've spent sure. the last five minutes trying to remember the word osteopath. Yes, we did. That's and true. we got there going, you made a mistake. and you're, you're... Yeah, I, and I'm very, very grateful to a, a dear listener who was uh, kind enough and sweet enough uh, to... Uh, Contact us and say that I said, uh, telling Christine Keeler that uh, the wrong person was dead. And, of course, it was Stephen Ward, if you remember. Uh, those of you who remember the trial and uh, the whole case, uh, who was an osteopath. It was, I told Christine Keeler that he was dead, not Profumo. Uh, and I'm very grateful for the dear listener. And if, listen, if any of us need correcting... Uh, please, where's that phone number again that you wrote down? If we need get, get something wrong, because uh, it's been a busy life, particularly for me, 0344 499 1000. I've been invited to stay a little bit longer, and I'd it love is... to hear from you whether in Canada or Australia. Is Australia waking up a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Good it... morning. How are you? Robbie, here's the thing, though. This is, this is it's 2019. Facts don't matter anymore. You could let fake news, 
lies. You can say whatever you want. Just say it like you mean it. Just say it and stick with it. You don't need to apologise and put out actual facts. Yeah, but yes, okay. But I am old school, very old school, aren't I? You are. I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah, but I am old school because, uh, you know, I deal in facts and I'm very interested in facts. Barry, stay there. We'll come to you in a second. You mentioned the the kind of the the, the issues you had with being a journalist and how the dirty tricks didn't sit comfortably uh, 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 with you. And we were talking before you, you, we, you came on air about when you were doing a late night phone in show and we owe you so much man this show wouldn't exist we say me and Kath listened to some old clips of, of your phone in show it, the, the, it sounded very very similar to this you know that you mentioned the the bus ticket guy go, go, dear listener go on I, I say dear listener like you do as well um go on YouTube Robbie Vincent bus ticket it's it's just glorious and it would sit perfectly I wonder if he's still I, I often wonder what else he's invented yes uh and uh i i i mean you just talk you just talk about it i can remember it so well yeah it is under Robbie like, vincent corpses on youtube yeah yeah it is and how many and lots of people are just something like i've listened about 84 times <laughs> have you yeah very much and you're my son i know wow. it's a great clip but you mentioned as well which is which is not a thing I've always done, but in the last ten years, I've, I've, I'm following this philosophy, and it makes for you know makes things so much nicer and better and more entertaining. I think of when you do a late night phoning show, you quite often get people who are on the fringes of society phoning in, and they might have drug and alcohol issues, they might have mental health issues, they might sure. just be very lonely. They might, you know, they, it's, it, I think it's I think the callers to late night radio are the most interesting callers you can get. And you, your philosophy was never to take the mick. You can have a cough. It was never to take the mick, was never to laugh. It was always a lot more generous than that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. My philosophy was I laughed with, never at. Yeah. Uh, and I never took the mick. Uh, I, uh, I've heard it happen. And I've often felt, and I'm I'm a pacifist, absolutely. Uh, but I've often, uh, when I hear that happening, and someone is being taken advantage of, a dear caller, I, I've felt like I wish I had a long hand that could get my hand round the uh, presenter who's taking the Sir Michael because it's not necessary. Yeah. And I'm pleased to hear it's your philosophy too. Yeah, it wasn't and always. It I came from a, a. We all learn. We do. I came from my, my first TV show was a thing Arkansas. called The Eleven O'Clock Show. I can't never learn. Was the, the first TV show I did was mean. It was funny, but it was mean, you know. And and I kind of thought for a long time, oh, people want me to be mean, and I carried that over into the, when I started doing radio. And uh, it took a couple of years, but then I got actually it, it, it may not get as many listeners being kinder and being more generous and and and, and sympathetic and empathetic, but. It's the right way to go, isn't it? It's Aretha Franklin. It's respect. Yes. Now, speaking of um, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, it's a little bit of a, of a quantum leap there. You interviewed Marvin Gaye hmm. and um, said he was... Well, you said he was off his nut. I think we, I think we can say that well, legally. He, 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 we know he had drug issues. Yeah, he wasn't off his nut as such, uh, but he was definitely under the influence of something that made you sniff. Right. And Could have been Vicks. Uh, yeah, but but I I have to say my research suggests it might have been cocaine. Okay, uh, and and uh, and he kept going like that, and he was a bit out of it. Uh, but the thing that changed all that was when I asked him what he would like to come back as, uh, 
after he died. Yeah. Um, and I know it's a bit of a, on a music show, it's probably quite a deep thing to ask, but it worked. You got him. It actually got through that haze of whatever cocaine is or whatever haze he was in, having not slept for four weeks, yeah. whatever it was. Um, and he said, and I saw him, it sort of woke him up as such, and, and he got in touch with himself. And he said he'd like to come back as giant redwood tree. And then you saw him thinking about the tree. And I said, why would you want, you know, why do you want to be a great word? He said, so I can look down, because it's a massive tree. Yeah. Uh, and so I can look down on people and watch them go by. And that's a writer's, artist yeah. type of thing. Uh, and you sort of, that was the real Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Because what a talent, eh? What a, what a waste. What oh, a waste. Well, it's such a talent in terms of the songwriting and, and the voice. I mean, such a voice. Um, and the sad thing is, he was just getting clean. He was just sorting himself out when he, he got shot by his dad, you know, with, with a gun. I think he bought his dad as a present, if I've got the, the, the story I think, right. I think you remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was just, because there's a, there's a really weird documentary about him when he had he was just absolutely blasted on drugs and couldn't take any more and he moved to to i think uh, belgium he moved yeah. to was it bruges uh, or, something? or amsterdam or around it was about Ostend there or something he, yeah he, that's right he yeah. went between belgium yeah. and holland that's right you and remember a, really well, well i remember seeing this documentary non, years ago for a non soul boy he's <laughs> got you. a good memory <laughs> i like yeah. a bit of marvin and it's it's fascinating he's not a real funker you know he went and Say again. <laughs> no, please don't <laughs> we, we got away with it once i don't know if he could do it again um, and he went and stayed with his family and he got clean and he went out jogging and he got fit and he put on a couple of concerts and he was like, I'm, I'm ready, I'm back. And then went back to the madness that was his death, unfortunately. A waste, terrible waste. Terrible waste, yeah. Um, we got Barry on the line. Good evening, Barry. Hi, hi, mm. Ian. Hi, Rob. It's great to hear you on the radio again. It's nice really of you to great. call. I'd get very lonely. <laughs> I remember in, in the early days of... I used to love Radio London... And in the early days, it was only on what they used to call VHF, 95.3. Do you yep. remember that? Before? Yes, I'm not yeah. sure if you were there then. Yeah, I was, because that's the reason I was able to actually learn to broadcast, because nobody was listening. I would right. say the peak audience was probably 10. <laughs> uh, and most of those were relations of people who worked there. Yeah. <laughs> and because of it, uh, and again, we ought to explain lots of people who have no idea what you're talking about. VHF is a method of broadcasting. It's a way of doing it. But you need a radio that received it. And of course, there were, the major difficulty was people didn't have radios with VHF on it. Mm. And, and it's quite, you know, for us to change from full cream milk to semi-skinned takes a lot of doing. Well, it's the same sort of thing with radio stations and the yeah. way they broadcast. Like digital, this is a digital yeah. station. Mm. Persuading people to change to digital is not easy. Mm. And we're not there yet. Anyway, I'm, I'm interrupting you. No, no, that's, that's all no, right. No, 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 carry on, please. Right. But I, I remember um, there was some really boring show in the morning. I mean, some of their shows, let's face it, they weren't... Sony broadcast winners, and there was a show in the morning. I think it was it was some about local politics, and I rang up on the show and I, I spoke. I was on for ages. I suppose there were no other, no other callers. You were the uh, only listener, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went for a walk in a shopping centre where I used to live in Edgware, and I thought everybody would stop me who knew me. Oh, I heard you on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Alas, not a single person heard me. No. Ba Barry, what were you talking about on the radio? 
what that it was it was very boring. It was uh, a, this was my first call on the radio. It was about local politics local and politics. about rates. When, in the R- rates, I remember. Rates. I remember you. Were you. Where were you calling from at the time? <laughs> I think it's before your time, Ian. Oh, yeah, well, probably, God bless yeah. you for that. I've already had Robbie <laughs> call me a young man. I think you felt a tease coming on, yes, didn't you? Yeah, a, little, exactly, a sneaky yeah. little one. I but I have to, I have to say, the, the your subject matter, talking about rats, was it rats or rent? Rates. 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 Uh, all the same, rats, rents, rate. I mean, how boring can you get? And I suppose exactly. what it really did was because the programme was so bad, you thought, it can't get any worse if I ring yeah. up. And that's what you need. You, off, you need... Often, I'm being serious now, mm. often when things are a bit dull, you need somebody like you to come on and zip-zap, off you go. Mm. You know, It's all about the caller, the quality of your caller. And, and broadcasters, and particularly in phone and radio, which I do know a little bit about, I have to say, um, it's the quality of your callers match the quality of your presenter. Hence, Here we go. Ian only gets brilliant people. Here we phone. go. <laughs> and, and with great ideas like uh, street lights on the moon, the other side of the moon, <laughs> and uh, some of the other wonderful ideas we get from Rainbow George, for instance, yes. and uh, from you, who just make ra- phone radio. It's great. Yeah, Robbie, can I just ask you something? Yes. You used to do um, 10 to 1 at night. Yes. And at lunchtime, it was a great Dave Simmons. Yes. But sometimes you used to switch, didn't you? You did the lunchtime one and he did the night. No, we got rid of him. He he went into an oh. old people's home in Bournemouth when he was <laughs> 32. Yeah, sure. And uh, he, uh, David Simmons, an interesting man, he was, um, he worked for Papa Doc's lot in Haiti as a translator. Oh, did he? Yeah, wow. and I went to see him in hospital at a... Uh, where you used to go, isolation hospital that used to be near Lewisham, and he was in there. And I think Mm -hmm. it's where he picked up some horrible bug. And Mm -hmm. David was also a uh, London tour guide, Mm -hmm. and I haven't spoken to him for about uh, 10 years. Very bright man, not a very good soul broadcaster. I I will tell you a story about Dave Simmons. Before I uh, was a sole broadcaster he used to listen to the first track on an album and i said well don't you listen to the whole oh no he said the best track's always the first track that was sometimes true i didn't i listened to the whole album i listened to both sides and i spent hours i would drive people mad i had it on in my car had it on at home and i would listen through it all because very often buried away yeah. in somebody's piece of work a was, a, was the gem yeah. not the first track and, and thank you for mentioning dave simmons because mm. I, I think he doesn't get mentioned enough but you know something it's something about dave simmons i do remember he he calls a bit of a scandal because i remember oh. in the time well he used to do um what he called a personal problem open line. Yes, he did. Which was between, uh, what hours did he do? Was it something yeah, like I can't, but he two? did. Yes, yes, yes two, he did. Right. And he used to eat. He used to have someone come, used to have, uh, and this annoyed me, uh, and he used to eat when a caller came. I said, somebody would come on and say, Look, I've got this awful growth and I feel terrible. And this distressed person is on the phone. <laughs> and Animal House 
yeah. at the other end is eating. Animal house. <laughs> <laughs> munch, munch. Oh, and I used to, I used to seethe. Yeah. It didn't make me, I never wanted yeah. to slap David, but had I been a more experienced broadcaster, I would have banned him from eating on air. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Thank, okay, you thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Barry. Dear listener, you get a real proper welcome here. 0344 499 1000. One of the skills, one of the great skills, and again, it took me a while to learn it. It's obvious once you know it, but is um, is actually listening to what they say. The number, I used to, I used when I, years ago, I used to phone up Mike Dickin and prank call Mike uh, Dickin. Did you? And I like Mike Dickin a lot. And I, 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 you know, it's a terrible loss that he's not here. But quite often, on some nights, you could hear that he was bored and he wasn't listening. No, he was bored. He's, he's, and his mind would be elsewhere. And so you could phone him up and you could kind of just say stuff. And it, it goes, what did you say? And you'd just carry on and then yeah. he'd drift off again and you'd say something else. And th- what I get from listening to the clips I've been listening to today is you listened. Yeah, I'm Simple, you, isn't it? But it, it, it? But it could be hard work for Mike because he was on LBC. I saw his switchboard. Right. And that man, uh, I, I admire the way he just talked to himself for 10, 15, 20 minutes. There were no callers. Right. Absolutely. Because it was a terrible, terrible time. What, what uh, slot was to, he doing at LBC? Be, um, was he he was on a- sort of seven... In, seven to 10-ish or 7 till 9. And I think he was on AM only as right, well. Right, OK. There used to be an FM. Uh, uh, by the way, the technical talk, as you know, can imagine I'm a real technophobe. I can't even open my own front door. But I am a technophobe. And AM is another method of broadcasting, like digital is an FM. And LBC used to have news talk on one channel and LBC on the other. And nobody phoned news talking. Poor Mike ticking. Yeah. Um, I actually drove past the spot where he got killed, you know. Really? Yeah. It's a shame. Terrible shame. It is a shame. Terrible shame. He was um, a, a complete motoring nut. Yeah. He loved, loved cars. Uh, and uh, it was, there's a word for it, isn't it, that he got killed like that. I just, I just, you know, I, yeah. I was stunned. Oh, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. Stunned. And it, I, do you know what? It was the anniversary not that long ago and we kind of did not special but we, we we kind of played a few clips of him and a few people phoned in in fact mark who was was tech hopping for us that night by coincidence used to work with him used to work with him at um at lbc didn't well he? he'll 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 know how not uh, not him he's a boy i guess so. the, the, oh, the other well i was gonna say uh uh not not the very young one there, no, the child the child chi- chi- now this is an example of child labor <laughs> oh, you wait till i get outside this studio back into the streets you <laughs> wait till you read the headlines tomorrow he's, he's robbie vincent back in form <laughs> so he discovers child labor <laughs> child found at <laughs> It radios. I won't do that to you. You'll have a hard time finding a He's, phone box. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Dear listener, we've got Robbie for a few more minutes. Uh, so if you want to give him a call, don't look at the clock. If you want to give him a call, you'd be very, very welcome to. Um, otherwise, we'll just carry on having a little geeky chat before we send him home. Uh, this is the late night alternative. Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle, weeknights from ten on Talk Radio. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. Just talking about Tony Blackburn and that, what a worker he is. Oh, gosh, isn't Hard he? Hard worker. And then a red light came on. He... <laughs> so we'll stop. 
He has to, he has to stop and give other people a chance. That guy. He won't. It, he can't. Well, he, he needs to. With this this he can't carry on working like that. That's um, it's unfair on a lot of young talent and a lot of people. <clears throat> um, listen, we got Robbie for another another ten minutes or so. Then we're gonna we're gonna boot him out. I'm just looking up the bus timetable to make sure. You don't still need to do that. I'll bus. sort you out. Oh, right. Okay. You, you should give you a backy on her bike. <laughs> um, so, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And then, Robbie, this is what we're thinking of doing when you go. Maybe is you. We we we've both got. You, you would have had banned callers on your show. Just callers that were either rude or yeah, uh, it, not banned with a capital B. But no. for instance, discouraged from being too regular. Right. But uh, there were. Uh, we would weed out those who we knew were likely to offend. Yes. In in and that isn't being controversial. There's no. a difference between being controversial and offending. Yeah. Uh, and there were people who would come on effing and blinding yeah. and being anti-Semitic, anti-black, and all the rest, and just do it because yeah. that's what they thought was funny. Mm. I didn't. Sorry, we, I interrupted. No, no, you didn't. Sure I, show. No, it's no. Listen, it's it's, uh, it's honestly, it's such a thrill to have you here, man. Honestly, I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Um, but no, I ask you. But we're kind of thinking when you go, of we've got a few callers that are banned. We are thinking, we are toying with the idea of for for the rest of the show, lifting the ban. One of them's calling in now. John from Highbury is calling in now. I won't take him now. Um, but, but, but how do you get yourself in this box? What did you call it? A troll box? Troll box. Box of trolls, yeah. Troll box, box. of trolls. Okay. Um, how, tro- how could I... What would I need to do to get myself in your okay. troll box? John, who's calling in, told me I should kill myself. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's very friendly. It's no. not very... It's not It's not very friendly, is it? No. Um, I, I couldn't... No, I wouldn't tolerate that. I mean... But maybe, here's the thing. I like to think... I might that, have been feeling sad that day. I well, mean, I was I'm feeling was, sad. Yeah. Cut me and I bleed. But, but I... I like to think the best of people. I like Me to think too. that people can change and people can learn and people can grow. I, I've grown. I'm not the guy that I was yep. 10 years ago. What about builders, though? Sorry? Do you, do, could you forgive builders? For, if they do a terrible job. Have you ever had building work done? I have had building work done. Uh, did you survive it? Uh, I did, but it was really, really stressful. There was a, there was a builder and an... No! Yes, it was. I had a builder and an architect arguing about what was going on, and I had to... My... Okay, let's quickly... Uh, plumbers? What were you going to ask Oh, I, I kicked a plumber out of the house once for Did taking you? the piss, yes. Uh, okay, uh, let me think of... Um... Uh, was the toilet uh, broken? Other, other, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of other trades. But like, go on, what were you going to ask me? I've got Where no go? idea oh, now. No, no, no. The, you, you're thinking of... I was asking you, how could I get into your troll box? And then we were talking yes. about uh, I had people that I did not want on because they would just come on to be yeah. anti-Semitic, anti-black or something. I, I'm not having it. But if it was somebody coming on in conversation uh, and it was a conversation, a uh, sharing of ideas, a looking at attitudes yes. uh, in a reasonable way, that's different. Okay. And I didn't have a very big band list, about 200,000, I suppose, something like that. Rico says, I'm having a freak out. I said to my wife 10 minutes ago, I wonder what happened to Robbie Vincent. I came on, switched on the radio, and you were there. People think I'm dead. I'm still not sure. I'm absolutely <laughs> positive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it is true. Yeah. But people do. And well, just, just, because, uh, just because you haven't been broadcasting for a while, they do think you're dead. You stop existing. Uh, yes. 
Yes. TV, because you've done a lot of TV as well, and TV more so. Yeah. Because if you're not, we're such a visual generation. If you're mm. not on the telly, well, then you cease to exist. That's right. And people, some people will then discover you on the radio. You did quite a few big TV shows. We were talking about the one I remember, Go For It. You hosted a fitness yes. show. And the reason they asked me to do that was that was because I was doing a phone-in show, and one of the things was you would need to be able to relate to families and ask fairly, yeah. you know, good questions and all the stuff. So that's why I got the job. I also got it because I was fat and smoked. Yeah. And this was all about fitness, and they thought I'd lose weight and stop smoking. Uh, the programme was so stressful, I smoked even more and got fatter. <laughs> not quite. You went for it. <laughs> no, not quite. They but did a, have an effect on a it. Big, a big show. You were saying it was getting like 10, 12 million. Oh, no, about 5 million. 5 million, okay, that. sorry. Uh, yeah. Hospital Watch, what I then went on to do, was getting a massive audience. Right. Just, just ridiculous figures. Mm. But, but it was a good show, well produced. Very well and of course, I'm sure people will say, you should get back on the radio. And of course... Well, it t- tonight's given like me. A, yeah, no, no, it doesn't work. But I must say, tonight's given me a real taste. Of, oh, you know? it, has it, your it, appetite whetted? Yeah, I've in. I've, yes, I've sort of in my own sweet way enjoyed myself, and I take quite a lot to cheer. You know, what did? Because we we have been talking for ages about trying to get you on, and it didn't happen. And then and then we were yeah. so thrilled when you got back in touch, saying you're still up for this because I I think I'd like it. Were you apprehensive about coming in? Did you think it was going to be... I was talking to Oliver before about... You, quite often you get these um, awards, Lifetime Achievement Award, which means, basically, you're probably going to die soon, so yeah, yeah, we're going to give you... a your talent sort of thing. Yeah, we're going to give you a statuette. Spent. You know, I did I'm a Celebrity, which is kind of putting your hand up saying, my career's over, I'd like another six months, please. Did, were, you, were, were you nervous? Were you unsure about coming in tonight? What, what you were going to feel? What the emotions you were going to feel? How you are going to be treated? What a good question. What a good question. How did I feel? Did I didn't know I didn't feel apprehensive because I didn't think I was going into the lion's den. Mm. I think that's that's the way. And if you're not in the lion's den, you're going to be given a fair crack of the whip. And I thought this is an honourable man and this is an honourable woman. I think I'm safe in their studio. I thought. And had I not been, I would have gone home. Mm. I did ask you how you felt about coming in. You just said, well. It's what I do, isn't it? You know, it's what I do. Very yeah. nonchalant. But I could go it. home, couldn't I? <laughs> you could upset me, and I could go home. Can I upset? Well, I don't know how I could upset you. I don't know what I could say to I'm upset quite, you. I'm quite, I'm quite thick skin. Quite, quite <laughs> thick skin. Wet spoon and sugar jar. That's... <laughs> <clears throat> Robbie, it's been so nice meeting you, mate. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah, so am much I going coming. now? Yeah, you're done. Oh okay. All right. I'll, I'll, thank I'll, thank I'll you. you. Get out of my studio. Thank <laughs> you. Right, no, thank you very much for inviting me. I re- really enjoyed it, and thank you to Oliver as well to come along. Yeah, thank you, mate. You know, appreciate it. Thank you. Look after me. We've had a thrill. You're welcome back anytime oh, you want. Uh, um, we're going to carry on the show in a little bit, but we're going to play a little bit of music while we escort this gentleman off the premises <laughs> and check his pockets <laughs> and frisk him to make sure that there are no souvenirs taken. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, Robbie. I, I genuinely, it's an absolute thrill for us tonight. Uh, dear listener, thank you for joining us. Yeah, there we go. This is Talk Radio. 
across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. Join me, the Reverend Mike Graham. Revolutionary, rebellious, rebuilt, rebranded. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Tomorrow morning from 10 on Talk Radio. Kick off your slippers. Don't go to bed. The party is just starting. You can sleep when you're dead. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.